freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huard. And Brooke Huard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. Oh, yes, here we go with the Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports on 710. Seattle Sports on where? SeattleSports.com, right? And, of course, the Seattle Sports application. That's right. It's a formal Friday. I got to tell you, I, I, I'm going to start off with a text today because it kind of leads me into the biggest pressing thing on my mind and then uh, kind of go from there. This I actually have two texts I want to get to. The first here is from the 425 right off the bat. I love these nighttime texts that come in so that like when I'm ready in the morning, they're just here waiting for me. It's that great. Thank you. I was in a game last night, so I can't imagine. Well, this one uh, came in actually just before the show, so 5.55 a.m. So maybe uh, the 425 is actually listening right now and not a, not one of those uh, podcast listeners on all those podcast platforms. Uh, let's see. 425 says, Salk, your Beyonce take is spot on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's too early for this. You're just the only one brave enough to say it because the Beyonce fans go crazy when you suggest she's anything other than incredible. So let me disagree with you here, 425. You are brave. I want to disagree. (laughs) I do. I think that Beyonce is incredible. I said that yesterday. I think she's incredible. Ah, eh? I think she's incredible. I think she's a fantastic, unbelievable singer. She's a great dancer. My understanding is she puts on an unbelievable performance. Heather enjoyed it last night quite a bit. Okay. Great production value. Everything around it was phenomenal. Her tour is going to be end up being like the most successful of all time, bringing in billions of dollars. By all accounts, incredible in that regard, although, you know, Heather being there until like one in the morning made the, me not sleep. And so oh, now I'm a little no. tired this morning. I know I'm pathetic, by oh, the way. I no. can't sleep if my wife's not there. It's just it's just awful. What has happened to me? <laughs> anyway, J.P. Crawford is there. I saw some other Mariners probably were with I'm him. sure they were. I hope he's, uh, you know, well rested today. Good anyway, seats. she's incredible. Her songs are terrible. That's all I'm saying. She's incredibly talented. <laughs> And her songs are eminently forgettable. Some of the stuff that you play in ranked, I just don't, I can't. Name I can't five take Beyonce. Name five Beyonce songs. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> name five. Nobody All can single, do it. What? Oh Nobody my Nobody can name five Beyonce songs. <laughs> are you kidding me? Name five Beyonce songs. All right? the single ladies. Okay, that's Crazy one. in love. No, no, that's Jay Z song. Doesn't count. I was going to ask. No, it is not. Do, do it was on her album. Oh, it was no, on her album, not. but the only good part of it is Jay Z's oh verse, so that my doesn't count. Gosh. Name four more. Halo. Halo? Four more. You said I need to name five. I'm already at three. No, I didn't count Crazy in Love. I only gave you the first one. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done playing with you. It's too early for this. What's the To the Left song? To the Left is the single ladies, isn't it? Irreplaceable. No, it's not. That's the same song. song. (laughs) See, now you're making stuff up, and that's just cheating. Anyway, Beyonce, very talented, not very good music, and so that's just kind of where <laughs> so I'm So by going naming out. five songs is how you prove that? Can't do it. You, I'm not nobody, even arguing nope. for Beyonce. I'm arguing that some of the stuff that you like that you play in Ranked Every Day, your opinion means nothing to me. Yeah, all right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here's the other text that came in this morning that I wanted to focus on. Salk says the 360. This came last night. I think you were right 
about Kirk Herbstreet. I kept looking at his face, and I think he's the one that Brock said got laser surgery on his face so that he doesn't have to shave. Oh, Brock There's said Brock no, wouldn't give up who it was. Oh, 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 but it was clearly Herbie. I knew as soon as Brock said it, I was like, oh, that's got to be Herb Street. There is no way he shaves and makes it look like that. What do you think of that? Wow. No, I got to look it up. So, I, I hadn't thought about that at all. <laughs> a lot going on with that game last night. How, mu- how much of the game did you get to watch? All of it. Okay. So once I remembered kind of where it was and found it on you know Amazon and stuff, which I did. I was very proud of myself. And... Um, Started watching a couple of things. First of all, it's funny that Al Michaels said it was Veteran Stadium. And also, people could relax on giving Al Michaels grief about calling it Veteran Stadium. Like, Al Michaels called it a stadium that hasn't existed in 20 years. Like, yeah, whatever. He's Al Michaels. Like, give him a break. I don't want to hear it. Like, obviously, it's just a misfeak. He's every sport there is since the beginning of time. I know. Calm down. Like, let's let's all get off Al's back. Of all people, stop it. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Second of all, I still don't like Kirk Herbstreet doing NFL games, and that's not an indictment on Kirk, who is still the, you know, a number one voice for college college football. But it just, when I hear him doing a game, I think it's collegiate, and I don't really want that in the NFL, and I still don't think he and Al have great chemistry together. You, so. you typecast him as a college guy. I do, and it's not his fault. I just, I don't think that. I don't think he should be doing big-time NFL games. I just don't think it makes any sense. It's sort of just confusing to the brain. <laughs> Third thing from last night. <laughs> kind of wish that the Seahawks had drafted Jalen Carter. I knew that's where I we had were to. Going. Yeah, I was waiting for that. It took five minutes to get to that. He didn't dominate the game last night. No. L- let me be pretty clear. This wasn't was not it, like game one. one. He didn't dominate the game. He wasn't everywhere. I mean, they've got so many guys on that defense, and especially on that defensive line. They're all over the place that you know, he's not probably going to dominate every game by himself. And, and I, I recognize, let me be clear, this take is unfair. It's unfair. I don't like it. I don't want to say it. It's not how I usually choose to operate. It goes against a lot of my principles. I don't think it's fair to in any way judge what the Seahawks did with the number five pick right now today. Jalen Carter's played in two games. Devin Witherspoon's yet to play in any. That is too early to judge this pick. Devin Witherspoon could end up being a Hall of Famer. Maybe he's Deion Sanders. Maybe. Right? I mean, we haven't even played yet. Right. So to sit here and say, oh, they should have done one thing instead of the other, and I feel confident in it now that I've seen what's played out. I haven't seen it play out yet. I don't know what this defense is going to end up being here. And at any moment, Jalen Carter, who people seem to have off-field or in-locker-room concerns with, could go off the rails, could ruin his career, could implode, could hurt the locker room chemistry of the Eagles, any number of things could happen. And certainly the fact that they haven't had happened in two weeks doesn't mean that they're not going to. So this take is unfair. But (laughs) we can acknowledge that he looks a lot like what the Seahawks need. (laughs) He looks a lot (laughs) like what the Seahawks need, Justin. Thank you for saying it so succinctly. They have a... They have kind of this big need with this one type of player that just so happens to be the most important player on the defense. And they had an opportunity 
to draft that one. They decided not to. And unfortunately, because of that, we're now going to constantly be comparing Devin Witherspoon with Jalen Carter. Can't help it. Yeah. So the 209 texted the question, and it kind of, well, they said have to remember that he's playing with an elite D-line around Wait, hold on. That's the only text that you saw? You didn't see all of the ones that say, I totally agree with Mike. I totally agree. I can't name five songs. Great entertainer. Awful music. This is a this is this is the take no one else is brave enough to give. Brave. There are a few dudes that agree with you. Good job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this, this person out says, Field. <laughs> have to remember that Carter is playing with an elite D line around. Carter, them. is that what you're it, calling Beyonce now? But you're just oh calling her God. by her last name. <laughs> Mora, have some respect for the Queen Bee. You can't just call her by her last I don't name. Think she one changed name. her last name. She, she said name. last night, call her Miss Carter. All right. Oh, that's what Heather said. Of course, the two girls Heather was with didn't know what that meant. They were like, oh, how come no Jay-Z references? And Heather was like, well, she did say call me Miss Carter. And okay. they're like, well, what does that mean? So, yeah. Anyway. Look how invested right. you are in this. Oh, my goodness. Let me see if I can remember what yeah, I was saying. I have to remember Carter's playing so, with the elite D-line around him. But we've been talking about their kind of identity crisis on defense and how they seem to be trying to find... I guess what I'm asking is, do you think it would take a while for Carter to even be what he could be on this defense? Because yeah. they're such a mess right it now. Might be. Yes, I told you I'm acknowledging in every way how unfair this take is. I got three six zero texting me, Salk. You haven't even seen Witherspoon play yet. We're one game into the season. Cool your Jets. I you literally said just said yeah. that. I, I agree with you. I know it's unfair, but I also know what position each of them play, and if both of them play to their top level, if both of them become the best versions of themselves, I'd rather have Jalen Carter. I'd rather have the guy who plays a more important position that also happens to be your biggest position of need. So anyway, it's unfair. I admit it. I'm being a jerk this morning. I'm sorry. I mean, in this case, I'm being 100% real with Beyonce. I'm just I'm just telling it like it is. If she's Ms. Carter, does she call him Sean or Jay? There's a lot of options we can call Jay-Z. Ho. Not interested. You think she just calls him Ho? Jigaman. No, there's a lot. I think she calls him Hove. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> I will come say back. that is actually my least favorite Beyonce song. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> What's your favorite? I hey, see. I'll give you all the time you need more. You're not going to come up with one. What? In the meantime, we'll oh tell you things God. you need to know next on Brock and Salk. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. All right, you want to test yourself against the best, right? Well, that's what the Mariners are going to get to do this weekend. The Dodgers in town for three. They're such a complete team in basically every way. Although, honestly, they haven't quite played up to that standard this year, at least in terms of results. They don't have the best record in the league, but they're still about as complete a team as you're going to find. Mookie Betts has been on an absolute heater right now. He's been tremendous recently, so they're going to need a plan for him all series long. Talk to Jerry DePoto yesterday. You'll hear all of that interview coming up in 15 minutes, but 16 games left to play, and he doesn't think they should be too much different. I don't know if it changes at all. I think the way you approach it, and you know, at least the way I approach it, is to look at these 16 games you know, and, and don't really pay much attention at all to the 146 that came before it. You know, what do we need to do for the next 16 to put ourselves in a position to play beyond that? And I, I do think that our players do an awesome job of just moving on to the next game. And that's, I think, one of the special gifts 
of this group is they've been like that for quite some time. And all that being said, and Jerry's right. Okay, you can't remember the 140 something, but but it's all systems go right. You got to start to you know pitch in a game where maybe you don't want to go an extra inning where maybe you wouldn't have earlier in the season make a play, dive for a ball, do something that just is a little bit different with a little more focus because every single one of these games matters a little more. George Kirby will get the ball first. His first start since the unfortunate comments last Friday night coming off a little bit of extra rest. I would think he'd like to show the world exactly what kind of competitor he really is. His president of baseball operations certainly thinks he is one. We'll look at what George actually does. You know, George is an inning leader. George is the guy that wants the ball and wants to go compete. You know, he's also a human being who's who's really experiencing that type of moment for the first time in his baseball life where, you know, it's we are riding the roller coaster of a September playoff race. And, and in the big moment, we lost it. And and he reacted in a way that, that clearly the next day he expressed regretting. But I don't really counted as any type of penalty or shouldn't be counted as any type of ding against George. He does throw the 100 pitches. He does throw the innings, and he wants the ball in those moments. Yeah, obviously, what you do matters more than what you say, and what he does tonight will certainly factor in. Texas completes somehow a four-game sweep of Toronto. Raise your hand if you saw that coming. I thought the opposite might happen. This baseball season has just been insane. Mariners fall game behind the Rangers. They're now one and a half up on the Jays, though, who have, of course, lost four straight. They've got three with L.A., then off to Oakland, and then it's really on Texas, Houston, Texas to finish off the year. Congratulations to the Modesto Nuts. They uh, won to advance to, what is it, the Cal League Championship, I believe it is. Congratulations. I'll tell you who's on fire is Cole Emerson. Went like 5 for 10 in the series. Been absolutely awesome. In fact, all those draft picks have been really, really good. Pretty cool to see these young Mariner prospects on their way and winning games. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, it sounds like it's going to be all systems go for the debut of rookie corner Devin Witherspoon. He should play this week in Detroit. Good. That's the highest pick ever of the Pete Carroll era. It feels like nothing has started off right for him at all. Huge question marks in terms of his role, right? Is he a outside guy? Is he an inside guy? What role does he play in this defense? And then how is he going to handle the lack of reps that he didn't get throughout both training camp and the preseason? So it'll be interesting to see him once he gets out there. In the meantime, some questions about the two guys that are going to play tackle because it's not going to be Charles Cross by all accounts, and it's certainly not going to be Abe Lucas after he ended up on IR. So... Who steps up? Will we have an opportunity to see 41-year-old Jason Peters? We'll find out. And then what kind of team shows up? Right? Are they going to show up? Are we going to get to see the real Seahawks rather than the group that just didn't seem to be prepared or in any way up for the challenge last week? Bobby Wagner gathered the team, told them what he thought. Geno Smith on Bobby. I think Bobby did a great job of just reminding guys of who we are as a team. You know, whenever you have a tough loss like that, you can kind of start looking around and say, hey, what, you know, what's going on? But, you know, we got to know who we are as a team. And, and that's something that, you know, we're a confident bunch. And we got to continue to remain confident and continue to play with that swagger and, and that energy. And so that, that was his huge message is just be confident and have that energy. Be confident, have that energy. If that team shows up in Detroit, they are absolutely capable of taking down the Lions. But if they don't, yeah, it's going to be another very, very long Sunday. 
Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, it was close yesterday and kind of ugly, but Philly did hold off Minnesota in the first Thursday night game of the season. Maybe that short week is what explains the ugliness. I did watch Jalen Carter. Not a huge night, but he did show his explosiveness. Did you see that one tackle for a loss that he had? It was just like, oh, man, just quick slip the offensive lineman, get right into the backfield, explode through the running back. See you later. Rashad Penny didn't do much either, just nine yards on three carries, but it was nice to see him out there again coming off the injury. A few other fun games across the league this weekend. Niners-Rams in L.A., so at least one of those teams will have a loss. Zach Wilson and the Jets. Do you know who they play? No idea. The Cowboys. Oh, fun. Coming off of that defensive performance that we all saw. Man, and then your Cincinnati Bengals, Justin, hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Looking to avoid starting 0-2. Probably not a spot. You really want to be in. Chiefs are in a weird spot. They can start 0 2 as well. They got to go to Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville had a decent game uh, on Sunday as well. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of an entertaining weekend. Huskies will travel to East Lansing. They'll see a Michigan State team that has a suspended coach and is very much in flux right now. Cougs are real barn barner scheduled. Let's see if they can handle something called Northern Colorado, which I'm told is a real college, but. I'm not sure they actually have a football team. So there you go. That is everything you need to know. We do a quarter, a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. I'm going to uh, avoid. I'm going to avoid just reading Beyonce takes for the rest of the day because this yeah. could spiral yeah, out of control. I think, yeah. it's I think this could be it could be a lot. But Lynn and Lacey maybe nails it. Mora wins the award of the day for putting up with 6 a.m. Friday Mike without <laughs> saying even one curse word, at least out loud. Great job, Mora. No woman I know could do this, but you've achieved it. More is the best. Zip it, Mike. She could get you. All right, there you go. Thank you, Lynn. You, you're probably right. All right. I'll be quiet for a little while. In fact, we'll listen to Jerry DePoto talk as this team has 16 games left to go. Will they get Jared Kelnick back tonight? What did he make of what George Kirby had to say? And if Jerry could choose one, just one guy, to heat up here over the last couple of weeks, who would it be? Find out next on Brock and Salk. The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Sorry, Jerry. Uh, we, we, we're in a weird place today. We've been talking about strange stuff. I don't know. I think we're all punchy after 13 straight days. How important was this day off for your team today? Oh, man. Uh, it's a, I mean, we've needed it for quite some time. And, you know, that it, it wasn't just the 13 straight. It was really, you know, 26 out of, you know, 30 or so. And we were traveling, and it was a lot of coast-to-coasts, and we needed this day. So, you know, hopefully the guys aren't doing much other than just recovering. Who needs it more, pitchers or hitters? I know we hear a lot about the pitchers and their need for it, and maybe that's still the answer. But who needs it more, the pitchers, the hitters? Is it physical? Is it mental? Tell me the a little coaches, more about The coaches, the skippers, the yeah, president, no the GM. <laughs> who needs this the yeah, most? Yeah, the fans. <laughs> I would say everybody needs a little break every now and then. But, you know, in – in this case, I think watching the, over the course of the last two weeks and just assessing, ordinarily my answer to that would be the everyday players who are on their feet all the time. And, and when you're playing 13 games in a row and you are J.P. Crawford and your legs start to get heavy and you know, and when Cal Raleigh, who's been just an iron man behind the plate and you know he's taken a beating, especially over this last couple of weeks, you would think that those guys are the ones that are, that are first in line for the day off. But I would say collectively, this is probably the 
it was the best timing or, or really a week ago would have been great timing, but we needed this off day for our pitching staff to just have a little bit of a breather. It's, uh, you know, it's been a real grind with a lot of close games and a lot of, well, just a lot of need, a lot of need to, to get guys in and out there to, to protect leads. And, and it's been, it's been a really tough grind. So glad for them to just get a little bit of a break. You ever been around a situation where the, the leadership just mandates you can't come in? Like I, I know that there have been coaches in the past and, and bye weeks or sending assistant coaches home in, in the world that I live in. Like, no, sorry, you are not coming to the facility today unless you're injured for rehab. Nobody is coming here. Um, we are mandating that you stay away. Have you ever been in a situation like that in these off days? Oh, yeah. And, you know, on off days, with the exception of injured players, we will not see or hear from any of the guys. They will just go, you know, under <laughs> and they should but you know that's every off day for us we will we will generally shut down with the exception of those who need treatment and you know and really we do that and, and i know scott does it periodically throughout the year when you get the sense that guys just need time where you you know you you schedule the buses for later on road trips you you cancel batting practice and we've had you know instances in seattle where we've just kept the doors to the clubhouse shut and then and don't nobody's allowed to report until x hour so that we can ensure that the guys are doing their best to, to try to ease up on their body a little so 16 games left to play now that is essentially a, an old football season i know it's 17 now but it's funny we spend all this time you know trying to remind people that baseball and football are different in 162 games with 16 games left how does it change I don't know if it changes at all. I think the way you approach it, and you know, at least the way I approach it, is to look at these 16 games, you know, and, and don't really pay much attention at all to the 146 that came before it. You know, what do we need to do for the next 16 to put ourselves in a position to play beyond that? And you know, and I I, I do think that our players do an awesome job of just moving on to the next game and. That's, I think, one of the special gifts of this group is they've been like that for quite some time. And, you know, you can get you can get bogged down. You can let a bad week or a bad series or a bad night get to you. Anybody does. But this this group has historically done a great job of just moving on to the next. Jerry, what number is it or what stat or what metric from Julio that from your perspective is just the most I don't know, amazing, jaw-dropping, just blows your mind of what he's able to do at 22 years of age? I mean, all of it, really. I, I don't know if I can pick out a single metric that would you know, tell the story. Julio, it's, a, it's, it's the, the attraction in Julio is really the whole package. You know, it's the, it's the offense, it's the defense, it's the base running, it's the power, it's the speed. Honestly, it's, it's what he's been able to do since the All-Star break, which really is – unbelievable if you take a look back at it and in retrospect uh how good he's been and and i think he's very much put himself in the mvp conversation and 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 i don't know when you're talking about such a well-rounded player and then you add into it you know the 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 additives that he brings the engagement with the fans the you know he is you know he's inviting and and right now i mean he's he's really on some kind of heater and and it's been uh, quite some time that this has been going on and and you know for a team to to get on the kind of run that we've generally been on for the last two and a half months there's you need 
to Julio's to do what Julio's doing. And, and I, and I can't even say that you need him to do that. He's gone above and beyond, but it's a, uh, he's had a phenomenal run and there's, I really couldn't pick apart one thing because the real attraction is all the things. It is a total package. I guess what strikes me, Jerry, is just the speed. The speed that he plays in the outfield, the speed that he rounds the bases, the speed to steal bases with the kind of size and power he has. I mean, how many in the game of baseball have that 230-pound frame that can play at the speed with which he does? I mean, it's such a unique thing. And, you know, it's why in, in our business and, you know, every year we're going to go through a draft. You know, we, we run through cyclically. We won, run through our annual international free agent cycle, you know, that, that generally leads us to players like Julio in, in, a, in a perfect scenario. You're always looking for that, that physical athlete, the size, speed, you know, power, speed combo that, that you know, Sometimes results like that's because when you hit on it, like like we as an organization have been fortunate or blessed enough to hit on with Julio, you know, you are it, it's 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 such a difference maker when you have someone who can do all those different things on a field that Julio does. Hey, I want to talk about Luis Castillo for a second, and I was I think I would more and Justin were asking me earlier why if I hadn't talked about him as much this year as maybe they thought I would, given how much I've enjoyed him. I think what I was realizing is that he surprised me a little bit this year. I think with Luis, I was expecting some unbelievable, like, eight-inning shutout, he's so dominant, nobody can touch him type of performances, but maybe a little bit more inconsistency. And instead, I feel like what we've gotten this year has been unbelievable consistency, but maybe without some of those going super deep, eight, nine-inning and dominating kind of games. Is that a fair characterization of his season? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday uh, when when you think about the rock and he's it, it's he's doing what aces do, you know. It's a it's he's going out there, he's taking his turn every fifth or sixth day whenever the off day may fall and he's he's putting an end to the losing skids. He's 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 giving you the innings on the night that you need the innings. He's he's doing the things that aces do and and I I do think and and maybe the reason why your expectation is is what it is. Now, he has had big nights, but they they when you consider the big nights that he had to end the 2022 <laughs> season, whether it's the start in Toronto, it's the start in Houston, it's that start against the Yankees. It's, you know, he did such phenomenal things in a short period of time in 2022 that you couldn't help but raise the bar on what you thought it was going to look like. And and lo and behold, now we, we look, you know, six months into our season or roughly six months into our season, and he's a Cy Young candidate, and he's and he's putting a stop to those losing skids, and he's doing the things that you need aces to do. And when you look at all the the, the counting stats, he's among the best in the league. When you look at innings pitched and strikeouts and ERA and all, it, he's he's been really really good. And at times he's been great. And and my guess is, like he has shown us in the past, you know, when when the temperature rises in the building, he's going to rise with it. It's a, he's got that team. Was some of that consistency part of the plan for this year? I mean, is the one negative we had heard kind of reputationally about him before he got here is, oh, when he's great, he's great, but he's not always consistent. And I, I wondered if that was something that was really well, a focus, focal point. Right? Wasn't it focus? Yeah, focus. I guess that's probably a better word. He wasn't always focused, but he, God, I can't come up with a single game this year where I would even think to make that argument about about Luis. Yeah, you know, I, I think the 
if I had to point to one redeeming trait with, with Luis, it would be that he is one of the most consistent people I think we've ever had uh, in, in Seattle, at least during my time here. He's, he never changes, you know, it's a, in, in, in a lot of the same ways I would, I would credit Gino, you know, it's a, it's, it's funny that they both come via Cincinnati, but you know, they're just such consistent people. They don't let uh, the bump in the road, get them down. They don't, you know, the Rock doesn't panic when there's two men on and nobody out. He just makes his pitches. And, you know, he, if he gives up two in the first, he settles in and he grinds through it. And, and that's what guys, you know, the, the guys that are guys do. And I, I see other of our pitchers picking up on similar, you know, they are taking that and running with it. And, you know, we saw it from George in Tampa. We've seen it multiple times from, from Logan throughout. Yeah, it's a, I think in, in, a more modest way. We saw that in Tampa from Bryce Miller. We saw it in Cincinnati from Brian Wu. Hey, we don't stop. We just go out there and we keep on grinding. And, and that's the consistency that Luis has brought to the table. And, and his focus this year was simply on, on being that guy over the course of a 32, 33 start season and achieving some, some personal goals, which was putting himself in position like this to pitch for a postseason team with a chance to go win a Cy Young, be an all-star because that's what his tools, his abilities allow him to, to to set as goals. Well, as you bring that up, Jerry, it's kind of a perfect lead into to the comments that George Kirby made Friday night that I think surprised a lot of folks and then, you know, loved what he had to say the next day to kinda, you know, take it back and, and apologize for it. From your perspective and having pitched the way you did, what was your reaction to what uh, to what George had said? Well, I've never pitched the way George does, so it, it, we're, it, and we're we're the same in, in name only, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you know, I uh, you know, George. My general thought is, if you put a microphone in front of everybody after you know a, an athletic, an emotional athletic, you know, endeavor where you go out there and you're grinding and your team's in a postseason and you just gave up a homer, that was a key. I, there's, I, I've, I've made bigger flubs with a microphone in front of me under far less pressure than that. And, you know, it's, it's human. You're just being human. And I, I don't really count it as any more than that. Uh, I think the, the whole, you know, firestorm afterward about innings and pitcher development and, and what we should expect of pitchers in some far past generation. I, like, I, I understand the, the thought behind it. Go look at what George actually does. You know, George is an innings eater. George is the guy that wants the ball and wants to go compete. You know, he's also a human being who's who's really experiencing that type of moment for the first time in his baseball life where, you know, it's we are riding the roller coaster of a September playoff race. And and in the big moment, we lost it. And and he reacted in a way that, that clearly the next day he expressed regretting. But I don't really counted as any type of penalty or shouldn't be counted as any type of ding against George. He does throw the hundred pitches. He does throw the innings and he wants the ball in those moments. I mean, I sure wish I could hear what JP Crawford said to Matt Brash yesterday. I think it's one of my favorite moments, certainly of the game yesterday in the eighth inning after a walk and getting behind the count. And JP does what JP has done all season long. And that is just lead. I'm curious, Jerry, from your perspective in the way back machine, did you have a teammate or two like JP? that when you were on the mound or others were on the mound and maybe the, the game's speeding up or falling behind or need a little kick in the pants, was, was there a player or two from your history that you remember? And what does that mean to this staff to have JP as that guy? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, so frequently in in your baseball life, that turns out to be the shortstop. And, you know, there's a reason why, you know, when you go back and you think about, you know, little league or playing in high school, the, the players, the player you often remember is the shortstop. You know, it's the shortstop, it's the catcher. They are associated with leading and slowing the game down at various times. And, and you know, I, I, I do appreciate how much, JP has grown with this team and, and taken on, you know, that, that type of leadership characteristic. When I was playing in Colorado, I played with Walt Weiss, who's, who's now, a, you know, a, a major league manager. He's on staff as a coach with the Atlanta Braves right now. And Walt was that guy, you know, he would, he would tap in, he would stop the game. He would come visit the mound and they're not saying anything, you know, prolific. It, it's not, it's not a scouting report on the players. Matter of fact, Walt would come in, Oftentimes, he'd put his glove over his face and he'd start singing you a song just to just to relax you. It's like calming the savage beast, you know. And and it's just to slow you down more than anything else. And and it takes a little bit of feel to know when it's time to do that. And you know, twenty-one-year-old shortstops don't often do that. You know, you need a little bit of of time under you. And and JP has really grown into that player for us. Um. Let's see, just a couple of sort of housekeeping kind of items. Uh, how's Jared today? And we had the, a day off or two with the, after getting nicked in the foot. Do we expect him back tomorrow? Uh, yeah, he was available yesterday in, in the event that he was needed in game. So my expectation that it is that he would be available tomorrow. Where, where are we at with the backup catcher spot? Obviously, Luis in there now. What, what does that look like going forward here? You know, unfortunately, not knowing uh, going into the, the second half of the season with a healthy Tom Murphy and then experiencing, you know, the, the unfortunate injury that he has been dealing with. We're just going to have to piece it together and, and rely on our own system. It's, uh, you know, we've had Brian O'Keefe contributing. We've got LT back on the roster now. We've got Pedro Severino in the system. So, you know, we are, we do have guys with some experience that we can lean on if necessary, but you know, there is, we've talked about the, the 24 hour open all night markets for, for players that, that doesn't really exist for catchers in September. <laughs> I like seeing Terenz back. I'm, I'm just, uh, just putting in my plug right now. I just like seeing Luis Terenz back on the roster. I love watching him hit for whatever reason. And, uh, just, that's my plug. I'm just a Terenz guy. So, uh, while I've got you here, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Not out. a Beyonce guy. No. Not a Beyonce guy, no, but a Terenz guy. More of a Terenz yeah, guy. Just, just hey, look, I know you, you know, we spend all of our time for the most part talking about what's going on at the major league level, but this time of year, I'm sure some of your attention is divided with minor league playoffs, et cetera. It was an awesome walk off the other day for Modesto as you're watching, you know, Modesto and Everett and, and the rest of the you know, groups in the, in the playoffs. What is that experience like? Who should we be paying attention to? Who's succeeding? Well, I mean, who's succeeding right now? And I know this sounds, you know, like a like a casual plug for, <laughs> for our player development system. And it is. <laughs> we, we, they're all succeeding. It's unbelievable the the quality of development that we have experienced over these last couple of years. And and right now we've got we've got Modesto. Uh, they are up one nothing in the the California League Championships. We've got Everett up well tied one one in the Northwest League Championships. Uh, I think some on the twenty first Arkansas will start the the Texas League championships and and it's a it's an exciting thing when when your prospects get to experience playoff baseball and and it's something we've always been uh high on i know i've plugged it before 
We have uh, we had a huge win in Modesto the other night, a walk-off win where some of our best prospects, you know, Laz Montez hits a home run to tie it in the ninth, goes out in the top of the tenth and throws out the the ghost runner trying to advance the third base on a fly ball to right with the, as big big a throw as you can possibly make. And then we come in and we grind through at bats in our first round draft. Colt Emerson, who's you know a couple of months out of high school, hits a laser over the center field's head, center fielder's head to win the game, which was just exciting as can be. And you know, in an Everett last night, we dumped ten runs on on the the, the kids from Vancouver, and and it's it's just so fun to watch these guys go out and play in those environments, and and we will reap the benefit of it. From years for years to come, like we are with guys like Cal and George and and Logan, who've been through these JK, they've been through these these playoff type environments, and it's it really is a good training device. I think we talked about this last September as well on the market. mechanism for the stress and the chaos of uh, of these final sixteen games. You know, just do, do a lot of cardio. <laughs> do a lot of cardio. Is that you know the. It's so fun to watch, and it can be. You know, as I was actually texting with my dad after yesterday's game. That it's, uh, it's you, you enjoy it. You know, there's going to be stress. You know, you're going to ride some highs and lows. You try to remain, you know, calm and realize in the moment that you can't really control much of it, and just watch and have fun with it. Because, you know, it's not. We know all the years that we've been baseball fans, baseball people. It's not every year that you're in these types of positions. And you know, I would like to be the Braves and, and have clinched yesterday, but. But that's not where we're at. We're we're in a position where we're going to go out and we're going to make these last 16 games exciting. And you know whether we want them to be or not, they're going to be. <laughs> we we should just you know enjoy the ride because it's so much fun when you get the the opportunity like we had last year to get to the dance floor. I was trying to tell myself that Monday. I was like, you know, this is a great September baseball game, back and forth, and you know, <laughs> I don't know whether I succeeded I fully. Other things, but yeah. <laughs> right. There were some other words that came out of my mouth, but I was trying to remind myself that that was a good, fun, exciting September baseball game, and it made me feel alive. Mm. Uh, I'll ask you a question that you might not be able to answer, but it was asked of me recently, so I thought I would uh, throw it at you. If you could choose one guy who maybe hasn't been at his absolute best, so maybe taking Julio or somebody like that out of it, to really, if you could wave the magic wand and say, okay, if this guy just gets going here in the last 16 games, it would be such a huge benefit to our team. Is there is there one person you would just ma- give the magic salve to? Well, I mean, there's so many of them that are going so good. You know, Julio and Cal, Teoscar, that have been otherworldly. JP, you know, really, I think JP is is sneaky. You know, he's going to surprise people where he finishes on MVP ballots. He's been that good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the one guy that has been a little bit streakier, and when he goes good, we score a lot of runs, is Gino. And, you know, if we could get that that good run from Gino in these last couple of weeks and into the postseason, that's we know it, it's in there. We've seen it. We've seen it this year. And, and when he when he gets in that mode, it's it really makes our lineup a different lineup and you know it's uh i i guess i could pick multiple guys that i would love to see get going mostly for themselves but but also for for us and uh, we've fortunately we have so many guys that are going good that it allows you you're not going to get nine guys going great as as we were in august for for ever so you know right now we're we're in the down cycle for some and hopefully we we lock back in here for these last few weeks all right, that was Jerry Depoto, who, uh, of course, joined us yesterday, as he does every single Thursday. Good to catch up with him. And, you know, look, his team comes off kind of a, a, a down stretch 
right after the unbelievable hot streak that they had throughout July and especially into August. A little downstretch on the road, had to deal with sort of the exhaustion of it all. And now, you know, I think they kind of wake up. They get the day off yesterday. They come in refreshed. They've won two games in a row. This is going to be a really challenging series against the Dodgers, but you're in your building and you certainly have an opportunity to take any of these games. And then you get your little, you know, Oakland games. Hopefully you don't overlook them. Nobody needs a little trap series no, against Oakland, too. right? I mean, so they will, they're there. We saw them a couple weeks ago. They are good enough to beat you if you fall asleep. If you play your game and you do your thing, you're going to beat Oakland. But if you fall asleep, they'll get you. They've got some young guys that are starting to come on and that center fielder can hit a little bit. They got a couple of pros on that team. They'll beat you if you mess around. So, you know, don't mess around. Don't mess around. And, and then you got to put it all into what it's just going to be. I mean, can you, that last 10 games of the season? That is right. They so could not cool. have scripted it any better. God, it is just so cool. 10 games against the two teams that you are all battling together in that division right at the top. Texas, Houston, Seattle. That is going to be just oh, was, un- like I just want to fast forward to that. Like, oh, do we have to deal with the Dodgers and the A's? Like, let's just go right to those last few games because that is going to be. Really, really amazing. Just looking up the schedule for the Blue Jays the rest of the way, too. They have nothing but divisional games. So they're playing the right. Rays for six and then the Yankees and uh, Red Sox. Well, that'll be good. I mean, it would be nice if the Rays took care of business, et cetera. And then you just kind of end up with, you know, like you're fighting for the division, but you've got a little a little security blanket behind you, right? Where, hey, if it doesn't work out, at least you're still in the playoffs and you have another opportunity to get to the promised land. But there is so much value to winning this division and getting that first round by that, uh, yeah, all systems go, man, at the end of this year. It's going to be so much fun. 16 games left to play. Not even a full football season left. By the way, Seahawks, as you know, going to Detroit to take on the Lions this weekend. Pre-game coverage at 7 a.m. kickoff at 10 a.m. here on Seattle Sports. Meanwhile, Mariners are taking on the Dodgers, of course, at home. Pre-game coverage is at 11 a.m., first pitch at 110. You can hear that on 770 KTTH, or you can stream both games on your phone or tablet with the Seattle Sports app for free. All right. Uh, Brady Henderson's going to be in here for a couple hours. Brock will join us, of course, for Blue 88. Uh, we got a lot to get to, but I got to get Brady's take on the thing that just sort of couldn't help but get away from last night. I feel guilty about saying it, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's next on Brock and Salt.